and welcome to Are We Gundam or Are We Isekai? The internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished Gundam Seed and watched Destiny and then decided to wait on that because they couldn't see each other and watch Gundam Build Divers, which Jeremy hates. My name is Jeremy. I've been secretly training my waif powers. I'm Tyler. Uh, this is just bad. My name is Zach. In the spirit of Gundam Seed Destiny, it's a clip episode. <laughs> it's at least like a fairly decent premise for a clip episode, but yeah, it's and a the clip timing episode. Is right? Like they they did everything they could for a clip episode, right? I mean, I guess I just watching it, I was like, well, this episode is totally unnecessary. The only important thing that happens is we get to see Ayame outside of the game. Yeah, it is interesting. We will get to it when it starts, but the preamble stuff all seems like it's going to be for a very major episode because it goes on for a while. And has that important meeting. But yeah, it is basically Riku just going around being like, ah, I met you, and I met you, and I met you, and you punched a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> also, we got a new opening scene that I don't like. Uh, yeah, I'm not as big a fan of this one as I am of the last one. The animation for it ain't that great, and the song is worse, in my opinion. Yeah, this one's super generic. It's just like a rock song. Yeah, the only thing that's good about it is the name of the band who does the song. What is it? Swanky Dank. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. I had the same thought, Tyler. I was like, this is the most generic, generic openings you could have used. All right, shall we just dive right into it? We are watching episode 14, A New Power. You can watch along with us if you want, if you have Crunchyroll or Funimation or that strange site, YouTube. I think it's a dating site. Maybe. That's YouTube with a W. Yeah, you can watch along with us. I recommend you don't. But I suppose this is as good a jumping on point as any if you want to ride out the back half with us. Hopefully <laughs> we will get vaccinated soon and then we can just go back to destiny. But we'll see. Drop this like a bag of hot bricks and then never talk about it ever again. Nah, it has to get talked about, unfortunately, because we have Gundams and stuff from it on our list. I mean, we'll just be like, oh, man, remember how cool the Tequila Gundam Dan Custom was? Fair. So we start at Gundam Base, where Koichi is Japanese apologizing to Riku, who is like, why are you being so formal all of a sudden? And he's like, because I'm the adult in the room, and I let a strange man talk you into fighting in illegal Gumpla battles in a strange warehouse. I hope it didn't make you hate Gumpla battles, since that's all adults are concerned about in this world, is that kids won't like their hobby. In this case, it does make a little bit more sense than when it happened before, because in this case, his model actually did get damaged. All the hard work he put into it now is not necessarily wasted, but you have to go in and fix it and correct the damage and all that, and it's never going to be exactly the same. I like that he basically just says, here's all the bad things about it, but here's why they're secret good things. Yeah, I was going to say Koichi seems like exactly the wrong person to be giving this speech to Riku. A, because Koichi is familiar with that system and obviously he enjoyed it. And B, Koichi literally saw Riku fixing all of his models that got broken from GP Duel. I don't think they were uh, broken from GP Duel necessarily. I got the feeling that it was more of they got damaged because of poor storage. Oh, I definitely believe they were supposed to be GP dual broken. They even say at the time, oh, this could be damage from actual combat. And as someone who has stored his model poorly, that's not what they, they like just come apart at the waist. 
Okay, I mean, I guess I'm just thinking of how a lot of my marines get damaged in their box at points. Like, the l arms and stuff would just fall off because the glue would separate. With Gumpla, because they attach differently, when it, it's simple breaks like that, they break in really simple places. And therefore, they're really simple to put back together. Because you don't have to glue them back together. You just have to stick the pin back in. Anyway, so he's like, oh man, Riku, please don't hate Gundam just because you have to fix them. It builds character and stuff. And also, it was like actually super fun for me and actually the more i'm talking about this we should go back to that system sukasa's right we should go join him <laughs> <laughs> i mean on that one case it does make some sense because it's like you get to try more stuff whereas gpn you don't do that and you get more attached to it because of the cost of losing it and then you have to invest time in building it again but Riku's like nah it was super fun I don't know why adults are always like, oh, man, I bet you'll hate Gumpla because you had the most minor of setbacks. <laughs> I mean, Riku does seem like he might be easily discouraged. It's hard to say because it's not like Riku has any personality one way or the other. I guess he did get kind of discouraged when Ogre beat him, but Riku's like, through the power of Shonen, I feel like I fought taught me all about Palpatine's motives. And also, it brought me closer with my toy. <laughs> I have an issue with the lesson that he learned is that I couldn't have done this without the help of my friends. And he did this entirely solo. Like, he built the diver on his own. Well, Koichi helped him with that for sure. So, like, this almost makes sense. But yes, it is very much, hey, and this says the theme is friendship. And I so I couldn't have done it without everyone else. And it's like my joke argument about how Dragon Ball is actually Nazi propaganda about how collectivism doesn't work and only the Ubermensch can save us because the spirit bomb never works, but Super <laughs> Saiyan always does. And the one man is the only one that's able to do anything. It's always got to be Goku. The difference is that Dragon Ball never pretended to be about the power of friendship. It's all the shows that descended from it that are. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest thing to the power of friendship you see in Dragon Ball is basically when Goku loses his shit when Frieza kills Krillin and he goes Super Saiyan. Yeah, and arguably the very end when Vegeta is fighting Boo so that Goku can do a spirit bomb. Yeah, but even then, that's the power of lies because you got Mr. Satan over there going, give me your energy. It's the power of celebrity endorsement that saves the day <laughs> because Hercule's great. He should be in Gundam Build Divers. So Koichi gives Riku a pat on the head for exposing the motives. He says, you're really something else. I'm surprised you don't have any character. It's amazing how bland you are. You're so close. If this show did anything to reinforce these themes, it would make it feel like you did, but it just, it can't quite connect. In the same way that Sarah is the Gumpla Lorax, he is the themes Lorax. The, the writers work through him, and that's why they're such good friends. You know, if they were <laughs> there, it might give some support to that, but because they weren't even there, he went to basically an underground solo cage match with the guy. Yeah, but he only won once his fake internet girlfriend called him friendship. And she's like, remember that one button mash combo that you practice? XX square. So we cut to Momo, and I cannot remember her name. Koichi's sister, who works at the Gundam base. Nanami, that's her name. Yep, that's it. I knew it started with an N. I wanted to say it was like Nesky or something. The best part of waking up is, is, is Nesquik ne in your cup. No, yeah. you, you mix Nesquik and coffee, and it's the best part of waking up. Koichi and Riku walk in out of the pep talk room. They're like, what's going on? And everyone moves so they can see IMAs here. Wait, really? Back There's a sign in the background. There's the Strategic Naval Research Institute as an ad right behind them anyway. Yeah, I'm sure that's something from Gundam, and I'm just not sure what, because right next to it is something from Double O. And barring the haircut, she looks like her avatar, like everybody else does except for Koichi. 
Oh, she's way more schoolgirl. She also looks taller to me, and I don't know if she just made her avatar when she's younger or if that's just like a weird thing of the background. I'm pretty sure she's the same height. It's the fact that she's got that ponytail. That could be too, I suppose. Also, she doesn't wear a mask in real life because it's not COVID times. <laughs> <laughs> and then like someone decided that Koichi had to like lose it. Well, he's socially awkward, Zach. So he's being socially awkward. Yeah, he's been consistently awkward around Ayame specifically. So not that awkward. I think he's mostly just surprised that, oh no, she's cute in real life too. I swear Ayame in game is shorter than Riku in game. Maybe Riku's taller in game, but anyway, Riku's like, hey, I'm glad you came. I've been freaking out about you. And she's like, yeah, I wanted to thank you in person since you went into like an underground cage match for me. Also to show you that we actually did get this terrible Gumpla. <laughs> I like how they're all staring at it like, yep, that sure is uh, great, Ayame. <laughs> all their expressions are like, kind of the same, but Koichi's like really made me laugh because his eyes are really narrow and like he's just got that I'm so over this shit look. I also wanted to say, I don't remember what the Japanese voice actress does because I haven't watched it in a long time, but I actually really like how the English voice actress changes her voice very slightly for Ayame in the real world. She's, like she just sounds like a little more shy. She pitches it just a little differently, and she sounds a little bit more mature and a little bit less annoyed, and it's very good work and very subtle. So Ayami's like, yeah, they're even going to restart their forest. And Momo's like, oh, you're not going to quit and join them. You're real friends, are you? And she's like, no, there's not even like main characters. And you guys would be so boring without me. Only two of them <laughs> have a name. Three of them at least have names. Although this does kind of reinforce the fact that Ayame is a bit older than the three kids, but not as old as Koichi. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure teamwork is the theme of the show, according to Riku, so I'll keep teaming with you if you don't mind. And they're like, yeah, close physical intimacy. That's what you want from three strangers. To be fair, we have seen Momo do stuff like this before, so it's not that unusual for her. This is how they recruited Koichi, too. It is not unusual. It just spared calling out. Corner the elders and force them to join our team. The secret is that they all have a thing for a Genki girl, and that's what Momo is there for. So the next thing up that they're going to do is they're going to surround Nanami and force her into the corner to join the team. <laughs> Spoilers. And speaking of which, she pops up, gives them all a group hug as Koichi is like, I'm going to stand over here because physical intimacy bothers me. That's what I have a sister for. I'm hugging them by proxy through her. So cut to Riku's double O diver, which doesn't look that bad, honestly. Doesn't look like it would take that long to fix, really. Like, he's missing a head. I guess it's missing its weird shoulder accessories, but... Yeah, it's missing its entire backpack. So I guess you have to rebuild that from scratch, which will take some time. But Rika's like, should I rebuild it like I did, or should I take this opportunity to improve it? Like Tsukasa and Koichi are all about. I'm sure a new machine could inherit its soul. That sounds deep, right? Well, I think, isn't that like a, a Japanese or Buddhist belief at the very least that everything has a soul? Shinto. Oh, Shinto, though. So, yes, it's very Japanese. And we get this all the time in equivalent anime. It's a very popular Japanese story trope, and I don't mind it. I was just clowning on it. I think this is pretty good. I actually, despite what you said at the beginning, Zach, think this is a decent episode, especially if you have to do a clip episode and you have to take into account every episode beforehand. I don't know how you do anything better than this. I mean, I guess it's just it felt like nothing really happened. And it's probably because of the fact that every episode we watch twice because we do all we, we watch it and then we do our 
podcast analysis deep dive into everything and talk about it so it makes it feel like i just watched all that stuff you're definitely right nothing happens but that's pretty par for the course in build divers so although i suppose after the last two weeks we're we're super high action this is definitely a change of pace but i think that's also part of why i don't mind it the week before last we had a giant climax last week was a super action heavy episode both in terms of fighting and in plot development So a breather makes sense at this point. It does kind of feel like a reset, not to zero, but basically like next story arc is beginning. So we're not going to have another thing explode. And we're literally at the halfway point. I guess we're, we're slightly past the halfway point, but this is the right time for that beat. If you just like look objectively, if the story had a roadmap. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, I'll help you rebuild it. That's a good idea. But also, I have, like, not child responsibilities, so I'll only be here when the plot's important. Or maybe she lives kind of far away. Like, Japan isn't that big, but she could definitely live out of town. I kind of figured that it had more to do with, like, I just have responsibilities, like, because maybe it's just me. I assume she was in high school, but that might just be because anime has me conditioned to assume all main characters are probably high schoolers. Well, and if she's a little older than her, then that makes sense. And I suppose, yeah, high school is a pretty big deal in Japan. I was going to say, what responsibilities do you imagine her having? But you saying that, yeah, I can also imagine that pretty easily. Because if she's older than them, but not as old as Koichi, we know Koichi's in his 20s. Do we? I thought it said that. Maybe I'm wrong. Do we have no idea how old Koichi is? We said that. It makes sense to me. Then maybe I'm thinking something we said was it actually said as canon, which I would believe. But if she's a little younger than him, but older than them, that would put her squarely in high school. Yeah, and that makes sense. We now cut to our new opening, which, as we discussed, has a very bland song. When I saw the new opening start, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, we got a new opening. I never mind a new opening. And then the music actually started, and I'm like, well, I really hope your actual animations for this are good, because this is about as generic a song as you could have possibly found. I do think the animation is a little bit better than the first opening, but it's very much in the same sort of realm. I actually really like that it starts with, like, Riku's reflection on the scar in the double O sky, which we won't get to until the end of the episode. But like, that's maybe the one really like decent thing about this. Otherwise, it's mostly just like characters popping in. Well, the animation's a bit better because it's not just functionally a string of characters with their mobile suits behind them. Like, there still is a bit of that. There's a lot more dynamic camera sweeps for good or ill. This is a new character. I just pause on it. Yeah, who is Golden Cat Girl? Oh, that's Nanami. <laughs> oh, no. She actually made an avatar. Okay, I was kidding. It's like a not terrible avatar, too. Good job. She was like, why do you kids just look like yourselves? Well, also, um, Momo did, too, so. Actually, Momo, Ayame, um, I guess Nanami, and Koichi all kind of designed their own avatars. True. Momo's basically just a cat girl version of herself, though, so that one's borderline. Yeah, but she has that long hair. There's still more design to it than Riku, who looks like he fell out of the most generic Gundam side thing you could have thought of. And Yuki, who's like, what's the worst hat I can put on? Which Digimon is it? There's a Digimon where it's got, like, that hat times a hundred, and I do not remember what it is. I do love this scene that implies that Rommel is, like, Maggie's love interest. I don't think that's what they're going for, but it's impossible to not think that when you look at the imagery. Yeah, it's 100% where they would put, like, a pining anime girl and the guy she's pining after. Rommel's stoically looking off into the middle distance and Maggie's, like, staring at him. Oh, God, Oh, God, no. it's horrifying. You guys aren't looking forward to SD Voltron? <laughs> oh, 
God, that thing is so bad. I thought the other one was terrible. I was going to say, and yet so much better than the garbage Gundam. Uh, it's both better and worse. It still has too many heads. I'm now noticing how many heads it has again. Too many heads. If it's SD Voltron, that makes sense. There's a shot of a Tiger Wolf and Shariar flirt fighting. And then shots of the Build Divers mobile suits doing cool action things. Except for Yuki and Momos, because they're suck. Well, Yuki's presumably is going to get an upgrade at some point here, because that's what it looked like when it showed up behind him. What's this adorable rabbit thing that Sora has now? That will get its own story. I don't remember when. And that concludes the opening. Yay. Cut to the field from the sounds of music where Riku and Sarah are hanging out. And he's like, so Ayame came to the Gundam base. It was pretty cool. We hung out. It was sweet. I like having friends. Friendship is the theme. I wish you could have come too. And Sarah has a, a moment uh, in where she's like, yeah, me too. And Riku's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pressure you to hang out in real life. I was just getting carried away. I also forgot that you're a waif that's stuck in this world. That's still not established anywhere. We, we just know because Jeremy told us. And you guys are still assuming a little. I'm assuming based on my knowledge of anime structure that she is a waif and stuck in this world. But she does say, yeah, someday I'll come with you guys. And then a wild champion appears. And Riku's like, what are you doing here? He's like, hey, I wanted to talk to you. I stalked you using your friends list. I hope that's okay. And Riku's like, yeah, that's why I added you as a friend. Riku's like, I added you as a friend so that I could stalk you. I just haven't gotten around to it. He's like, anyway, thanks to that weird Trans Am with the glowing wings you pulled off, administration completed a patch, so there should be no more break decals. And Riku's like, I'm not sure that's how code works. I'm not sure if I would trust the administration to like design an actual workable patch if they needed something like that to fix it. And so is like, was that your special move? And Rika's like, I, I don't think so. And he's like, Sarah, you were there. Did you notice anything strange? And she's like, yeah, I use my magical powers. I mean, no. is like, well, sorry to ask. Oh, yeah. Also, a bunch of those mercenaries came to me and were like, we're going to play GBN for real now. So the power of friendship and GBN conquers all. And I was like, please get better uniforms. <laughs> Especially you, dude in red. This, again, would have been a lot more impactful if GBN was a dying game and they needed new blood because this would be a huge victory. But again, it's the most popular thing in the world. So, yeah, say so this being a dying game would have like all sorts of interesting implications and like why Sukasa thinks he might stand a chance of bringing people back to GBD, for example. Also, you've got to imagine there's a GPD scene of old men who insist it's better. It can't just be Sukasa. Yeah, knowing um, just people in general, that's a big thing with Battletech. Whenever you get a bunch of them together, there's always people who are like, I never play anything beyond 3025. There are still people who play second edition D&D. Anyway, Champion's like, I'm glad I got you guys to that battle. Turned out real serendipitous for me. And I'm looking forward to your sweet new Gumpla. And this feels a lot more earned than any other time a experienced player has praised Riku. And I feel like if we had not gotten so much of that from Riku early on, people getting super interested in him now because of the weird Trans Am thing would make a lot of sense. Even if they were being willing to teach him like Tiger Wolf and whatnot, as opposed to like being super interested, like, oh, this guy's got a lot of potential, just being like, all right, a friend asked me for a favor, so I'm going to help you out. And then later on, like you said, right here is where everybody starts getting really interested in what they're going to do. Yeah, if Tiger Wolf was like, I no longer see you as a student, You were now we're rivals. Yes, now I want to take you on because I think you would actually be a challenge. 
Anyway, cut back to Gundam Base where Riku's like, oh man, I said I want to fix it and I do, but like, I don't know what to do. I decided it will be a machine that will carry on Double O Diver's soul. And that's all I got, which is incredibly vague. And Kyoichi is like, why don't you go back to where you began? Let's get this clip show started. It's like, yeah, I always do a clip show whenever I have model block. And then he gives a artsy speech that sounds fine coming from Kyoichi, but it's over a montage of all his models that were built to look exactly like the show which don't seem like the most creative work. And were the ones that he was building presumably when he was like away from all of that due to GPD dying off. Yeah. Anyway, he goes to Maggie and Maggie's like, oh my God, you came to see me? Cute boys never come to see me. And he's like, yeah, you were just the first thing that happened in the series. So I came to talk to you. And we see Patrick Colossar trying to hide in a Zeon uniform, but I recognize you, Colossar. And you also had in the back <laughs> what looked like Kigali, Kira, and Athrin hanging out. It's people in their outfits, for sure. It's three people who want to be Kigali, Kira, and Athrin. Well, it's also like the same kind of stance that if they were all talking, Athrin's being Sundere, Kira's talking to Kigali. No, Kigali is smiling instead of punching both of them. <laughs> no, it's a prelude to that. She's standing at attention, or at least at parade rest. But it is someone in an Earth uniform, an Orb uniform, and a Zaft uniform, at the very least. So now we flash back to the first episode, and Freak is like, if you hadn't talked to us at the time, um, I don't know, I'd have probably played GBN anyway, but I wouldn't have known the joy of Gumpla Battle if you hadn't told me to do some random training mission. And Maggie's like, well, thanks for that obvious lie. This is the point where I wrote down in my notes, oh no, is this a secret clip episode? And Maggie's like, there were unexpected events. All right, that's also when I met Sarah. She was all like, a random Sarah appeared. You helped me beat that fat guy. But then when we fought Ogre, I broke a promise to you because I'm a terrible human being. And my Gundam exploded. And Maggie's like, it could be worse. You could be in a normal Shonen series where you lose all the time. So he goes to a waterfall, which Tiger Wolf is punching to train. I'm pretty sure that's not how waterfalls work. To be fair, Rico and Sarah are also like, I'm pretty sure that's not how waterfalls work. I love how amazed Sarah looks. <laughs> Tiger Wolf's just like, yes, I know how to defy the laws of physics in this game. Care to join me in waterfall punching? And Riku's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and Riku's like, this reminds me of that time I had a training montage. Remember episode three? And Gregor's like, ah, yes, you were a blank slate like then. How could I forget how boring you were? I'd never met anyone with such little personality. My first thought when he was like, you were a blank slate back then, my, the first thing I said was, back then? Well, now he has Sarah next to him. He had Sarah next to him at the time, too. Remember, it was due to Momo and Sarah pestering Tiger Wolf that he even did anything to help them. Yeah, but now Sarah's like an accessory, where anywhere Riku goes, she's next to him. Riku has equipped Sarah in his waif slot. Yeah, she gives him plus two to uh, charisma, I guess. I'm pretty sure it's a plus five to defying the laws of physics. Plus five to plot? Yeah, there you go. And Tiger Wolf's like, don't forget where you started. And Riku's like, that's literally the point of this entire episode. Yeah, we're already working on that. And then Riku has a flashback to Tiger Wolf telling him about special moves. And he's like, oh man, I want a cool special move. Could my cool green wings be a special move? I was like in a trance back then, just yelling about friendship and Gumpla. And I had Sarah with me, so that couldn't be it. So Tiger Wolf is like, so... I think highly of you after I saw you defeat that big Zam, but Riku is like paying attention to a phone call he's getting as Tiger Wolf is trying to challenge him to 1v1 him at Waterfall. And Riku's like, all right, <laughs> we're leaving. Thanks a lot. I did kind of like how Tiger Wolf was just like, wait, hang on. I went through all this dramatic positioning for this conversation. You're just going to leave? My thing is like, what does he expect Riku to do though? Fight him with no Gumpla? Borrow Sarah's non-existent Gumpla to take him on? That is a good point. 
but it does work as a comedy beat. So he meets up with Sharyar. He was like, I heard you were having modeling blocks, so I just came up with a bunch of ideas. And here they are. Which honestly seems like the most practical advice anyone's given him. It also seems like a huge amount of work. I believe Shariar would do it because it's totally his thing. Yeah. But I also believe no one else in the world would. Like, not even Koichi. Koichi <laughs> might give ideas, but I doubt Koichi would go into the extra effort to come up with all of the little ideas and stuff that Shariar does. Because, like you said, that is literally what Shariar does. Yeah, he sat down and made a spreadsheet. Whereas Koichi seems more like the sort of guy where Riku's like, I want to make it faster. He would be like, okay, well, we could do this or this or this. But he's not going to be like, this is what you should do. Or like Yuki in the first episode where it's like, all right, you want to do something like that? Well, this model kit should probably do you. He's like, it's pretty harsh criticism. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's all just me being true, right? I'm not trying to be mean to you. I think right now you can accept this criticism sincerely. And Shari is like, I was super inspired by that weird glowing green light. And also, I understand the pain of losing a Gunpla, which I guess implies I played GB Duel back in the day. Or, you know, he just sat on one. So Rika's like, man, Riku asked the worst question you can ask any creative type, which is, where do you get your ideas? And to Sharyar's credit, he does give an answer I think is completely true to him, but is also worthless for anyone else. Which is basically any kind of answer you're going to get from any creative when it comes to something like that. Where do you get your ideas? But Sharyar says, the power of love. And anyway, here's my new Tiger Wolf custom. He wouldn't call it the Tiger Wolf custom, Tyler. You know that. He'd call it like the dumb kitty custom. <laughs> so they look at this fake Aurora Borealis. And Sharyar's like, yeah, doesn't it give you all sorts of ideas? Like, people used to imagine gods and spirits in nature. And said, I imagine Gundams. <laughs> and Riku's like, sounds good. All right, those two are such great people, and that notch is episode five. Man, Sarah, we should, like, get them together or something, right? Oh, man, how good would an episode where the build divers are just, like, trying to do, like, an arranged date between Sharia and Tiger Wolf be? That's too good for this show, is how good that would be. It would be fantastic if, like, the beginning it was just those two trying to do it, and by the end you had everyone trying to participate, like... The champ, Rommel, Maggie would just be in on it because it would be fun. Yeah, Maggie immediately. But yeah, everybody else they've met are trying to get them on a date. That'd be fantastic. Anyway, Rika's like, I sure am glad I started GBN. You know, that thing I say every week. It's the best. Buy all our playsets and toys, kids. Then you too can be as fulfilled as me. Also, I should take this time to flash back to that time we all built our Gunpla together. And Sarah's like, why are you crying, Riku? And he's like, I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. That's what that the- That seems to uh, be happening to people a lot recently. That's just what the script says. Frankly, I'm surprised someone as emotionless as me can do it. Cut to the champion talking to the game master, where he's like, hey, thanks for that administration. Congratulations. So what's wrong? And Jim's like, something's bothering me. We analyzed the move's battle data to complete the patch, but that doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> seems weird to me. So are you sure he wasn't fucking with something too? Is it possible for a move a player uses to affect a bug? Did they use a counter break decal or something? Kyogi's like, them? Nah, no way. They're not interesting enough. I was going to say they're not smart enough. Also, their alignment is lawful goody two-shoe. They mostly just hang out in fields and stare at flowers, which is not something you cheat for. And the GM's like, yeah, I mean, it didn't seem very likely that some random kids could do it anyway, but I figured I'd cover my bases. And maybe GBN is becoming self-aware and created a defense program to strengthen itself. That makes more sense. That's exactly what I wrote down, too, because, wow. <laughs> well, I mean, of course it makes sense, because it's the biggest and most important program in the world right now. So why wouldn't it create itself a self-defense program? 
cut back out to Rommel's B team doing some drills while Rommel yells at it from his gallop while Sarah nuzzles him. And he just seems like incredibly used to this. He's not missing a beat as he is calling this out. And apparently his guys are used to this kind of thing too, because they're just standing there as this is going on. It may be the best part of the episode. Although <laughs> Rommel does eventually throw the keys to his seconds, like you take over now. He turns to talk to Riku and Sarah is still hugging him and petting him. It's great. Yes, it's very good. So Rommel's like, I guess it's my turn. I heard you were visiting everybody. You caught us sleeping and you beat us and you learned tactics in that battle and gained trusty comrades. And Riku's like, I feel like I had that before. Like it was a lot of planning that won that battle. And Rommel's like, exactly. Battle is decided before you even begin. I don't know how this will help you build a Gumpla, but it's my lesson for the day. On my Sunsu war tip of the day calendar. That's what it said. Also, you should fight me for real. I don't know that all of that was actually Sunsu. <laughs> I think the second half of that might have been build divers. Anyway, Rob was like, you should 5v5 me at Baron sometime. And Rika's like, yeah, that sounds swell. But then Sarah will be petting me, not you. So then they go on a montage journey. They see some towers and some spaceships and Club Zala. What would Club Zala be anyway? No naturals allowed, obviously. What depends? Are you thinking Club Zala as in Patrick Zala? I was thinking Atherin. I'm imagining Atherin opening up a nightclub and that would be hilarious. Yeah, I can't imagine that is the thing. Where his dad, yeah, no naturals allowed. You have to wear these masks and take these pills. It's Raul Crusade's nightclub. <laughs> he just named it after the boss. Anyway, Rika's like, I learned lots in this series. Believe me. If you just joined at the climax last week because you heard this show is getting better, here's what you missed. Only I get revisionist history and say it was important when really it wasn't. You can probably just come in on this episode and have a better time. Riku really abusing that fast travel button. Again, I imagine this is montage, but... It can be montage and abusing the fast travel button. I like how the game has decided that this is not a valid gunpla, so it's giving them a <laughs> dive error. Well, depending on exactly how the thing scans it in, if you set it on the scanner thingy as it was, we saw what it looked like. It's missing a head. It's missing an arm. So, like, it might just be incomplete. Like, the data isn't all there. I mean, I have no idea. They never really decided to elaborate on exactly how that works. Yeah, and you would think it would just be a giant error sign. But again, who knows how this works? Anyway, Riku's like, hey, Sarah, you're like a Gumpla Lorax, right? Can you tell me what the double O Diver's thinking? You killed me. You son of a bitch. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I called you yesterday because the double O diver called me and was like, hey, Riku needs like, I don't know, a cute girl to look at to motivate him. And Riku's like, man, I hope it doesn't like want to eat my brains now. And she's like, no, nah, no way. It's like, hey, thanks for fighting with me. You should rebuild me, though. Give me an arm again, you bastard. It's got one. I'm left handed, you son of a bitch. And Sarah's like, yeah, if you focus, you'll probably be able to hear its voice. You're boring enough that it, it could find its way into you. <laughs> so Riku grabs her hand. And as a 14-year-old boy holding a girl's hand for the first time, he immediately goes on a trip. <laughs> and then he starts fantasizing about the double O diver. And flying with it, with some birds. And he's like, hey, wait, I want to say, like, thanks for fighting with me and stuff. It's not like you literally sleep in the same room with me and I can say this anytime. Although at the same time, it wasn't moving at the time. So maybe there's that. Anyway, he sees it silhouette in front of the sun and it deploys shoulder things and has cool wings. And he's like, ah, I should build it like that. I saw it. Good mushrooms you gave me, Sarah. I know what to do now. Shariar's thing about love was okay, but your thing about mushrooms was much better. What I wrote down for this is Gundam. Develop metaphysical connections with all our playsets and toys. 
That's a bit more difficult than the standard one, though. So Riku hugs Sarah, and she has just, like, the most non-reaction to a hug I've ever seen. She's not like, oh, I'm not into this. Yeah, I specifically wanted to call it out. (laughs) Her face just, like, defaults to a, like, half-smile. She doesn't hug back, nor does she retreat from it, though. More like she's not really sure what's going on. Yeah, she's like a dog who's like, I'm being hugged. Okay, this is fine. (laughs) She looks like so inanimate for a second. I found it really funny. So did I. That's why I called it out. Anyways, like, okay, I got to go work on this before I lose it. But I'll come back and show you. And she's like, okay. I'll be here because I always am. So back to the Gundam base where Riku has drawn what he wants to do. And so he's like, now we just got to do it. We're going to need a montage. Also, Ayame can come help. Apparently, he's getting bits from the Destiny. Yep. As well as from their printer. He does some painting. Yuki helps. Talks to Shariar about something. Apparently, he interrupted Shariar and uh, Tiger Wolf on their date. That's why he's so salty. Maggie was chaperone. Sarah sings while waifing at the night. And then finally, he's done. And he leads Sarah in peekaboo style to see it, because she's the only one, presumably, that didn't get to see it in person. And it's... Okay. What the fuck are those shoulders? (laughs) I kind of like how bulky it is. I don't love this design, but it makes it look different enough from his old one that I kind of like it. He does have a lot going on in the shoulders. Well, like, generally, I'm fine with it, but what the fuck are those shoulders? It looks like it needs to be beefed up in the torso and arms and everything, because it's got these huge shoulder pads. And this is coming from someone who likes Space Marines. I feel like it's got a real beefy torso. I guess I can kind of get what you're saying on the arms. Its torso looks really thin. And, of course, that might be because of the colossal size of its shoulders is making everything else look small. What is that head off of? I think it's custom. Okay, that would make sense because I don't recognize it. It looks double Zeta-ish, but I think that's mostly because it's got the larger than normal forehead bit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's the Gundam 00 Sky, which is a fine name. It's better than Diver Ace. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's like, yeah, I want to fly with it. And Sarah's like, good job. And she's like, hey, you didn't fix the chest. And Riku's like, yeah, I feel like it gives it character. I don't have any, so my Gundam should. So it's the same scar that Tyler alluded to in being in the opening. Yeah, like Isaac had. Yeah, he's going to leave the scar until he beats (laughs) the the champion. Or chills out and becomes older and gets Diarca back in the army so he'll owe him a favor and not tell anybody what a terrible teenager he was. Anyway, Rika's like, I couldn't do it without everyone. If there wasn't for a clip show... We made such great memories here in the best place in the world, the GBN. Remember to pay your subscription fee, kids. That torso, like, the legs are really big and bulky, but the arms and torso... Like I said, it doesn't bother me. Anyway, Riku's like, thanks, Sarah, and Sarah's like, no, thank you for friendship. So the adults come in, and Maggie's like, good job. And Shariar's like, love is detected, good job. And Tiger Wolf is like, we should have a 1v1. I like how Yuki says, we helped build it. And Mom was like, yeah, I did too. So Shariar and Tiger Wolf start flirting about who should fight Riku. And Maggie's like, nah, you should just fight each other, wink wink. I'm going to put you both in a headlock so that you can kiss and pretend you don't want to. Rika's like, yeah, I'm going to win with my new cool Gumpla. And that's the end of the episode. But wait, there's more. Also a new ending. Yes, a new ending. I don't dislike this ending. I just am not much for ending themes in general. There are very few endings that I actually like to watch all the way through. I think it's because most of them are much more, like, generally speaking, slower paced. So it's like, you know, kind of giving you that... Like a cool down. Like a, yeah, cool down. But we get the 00 Sky Bear Guy custom. My note for this was Bear Guy ending unlocked. 
Oh my god, they've all got Bear Guy customs except for Ayame's. Well, Ayame's is also Bear Guy custom-ish. It's got Bear Guy's on it, though. Rather than like being made to look like a bear guy itself, it's just got bear guy accessories. I like how Koichi's has like the super dapper bear guy head and cane. Yeah, the little tie. Ah, uh, mm, perfect. So we cut to what looks like Palpatine's bunker, but it's not, with all sorts of security cameras, mostly of Rommel battles, as far as I can tell. And a feather drops to the floor as a female voice says, I found you. And it's, we zoom in on Sarah. Dun dun dun. It's not like she was hiding. And she's been, like, fairly public this entire time. Yeah, she really has. And that's the end of the episode. So, like I said, I think it's about as good as you can do. It's pretty decent for an exact midway point. Again, it's not exactly the midway point, but it's very close to it. It is, from, like, a story standpoint, the midway point. And we are going to be sort of starting a new arc. I mean, I was down on it. It's still one of those things where I'm always a little bit upset, especially if you were watching this as it came out. One of the problems with clip episodes bothers me is just because of the fact that nothing happens in them. And when you're waiting a week and they hit you with a clip episode, it's like, great. But I do think this is about the best you're going to get for a clip episode. Zach, as someone who was watching it as it came out, let me tell you that the great thing about Build Divers was that all the episodes were equally disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it sounds a bit like how I felt about watching Yashahime. Do you have any final thoughts on it, Tyler? I actually kind of agree more with you. I thought this was actually a relatively fine episode, despite being a clip episode. Like, it made some progress. It had a reasonable premise for being a clip episode. They are seeding some ideas, right? In part with the after credit episode, but also with the GM being like, hey, were they hacking? We also got to see the... Double O Sky, although we have no idea what its armament is or anything. So I imagine more swords. Yeah, so do you have a high point, Tyler? My high point is very specifically the awkward hug with Sarah. (laughs) That might be my low point, but okay. I thought it was really funny. Hey, it sparked joy, and who am I to judge you on that? Zach? I think I have to give my high point to uh, the conversation with Rommel and the fact that uh, he was just completely no-selling. Sarah's hugging him all over. All right, that's what I was going to go with. So now I need to come up with a new high point. So I'll say Tiger Wolf being like, hey, no, don't leave. I set up this weird waterfall scene. Do you know how long I've been (laughs) waiting under this waterfall to look cool for you? Do you have a low point, Tyler? This is actually a lot harder for me because the entire episode was pretty meh. Oh, no, come back to me. I'm going to see if I can come up with something. Zach? I'm kind of in the same boat as Tyler. It's a very flat overall Outside of a couple of those moments, I mean, as you said, this is the right place for a clip episode, and they're using it in the right way, so just saying it's a clip episode really doesn't feel right. I think I might go with, uh, at least to start things off since I haven't gotten to use it yet, the opening is just, it's just not good. It's true. I'll go with the beginning where Koichi's like, oh man, I hope you don't hate Gumpla Battle now that you've experienced it with real stakes and how cool it is to have to repair your Gundam every time and to actually matter. I hope you don't hate it now that you've experienced what's good about it. Oh no, that's the one that I came up with in the <laughs> time that I had to try to come up with one. This is why you shouldn't punt. Go for it on fourth down every time. So, Tyler, what's your low point? This is highly arbitrary, but the fact that he didn't talk to the champ about what the champ meant to him. And the champ would have been like, sword funnels. I know you love swords. I do too. And that way you can have more swords. Add more sword (laughs) funnels. 
Um, nor did he try to talk to Ogre, although that one, I feel, makes a little bit more sense. Although it does kind of feel like this episode could have used an Ogre confrontation, right? Like, even if he just sees him in the lobby and is like, oh, Ogre's playing again. I should remember him. All right. That will about do it for this episode. No Gundam we want to add to our list, right? The 00 Sky hasn't really performed yet, so I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, I'd like to see the ridiculous pile of swords it has before rating it. I'd also like to see it in action because just having it in the hangar, it reminded me a lot of the original Vixen model, but I don't necessarily think that's fair when we haven't seen it actually do anything. It was just what I immediately thought of. All right, so join us next week when we will be watching episode 15, Lotus Challenge. Until then, our website's www.lastpodcast.com. You can check out our previous episodes, like the ones about Destiny or Original Gundam Seed, a show I actually like. You can also find our Patreon there if you want to support us in these times. But, you know, if you can't do that right now, totally understand it. Yeah, you can wait till times are precedented again. Soon. All right, so Tyler, was this Gundam or was this Isekai? That's a hard question. I don't feel like it was much of either this episode, but I, I, I was getting slightly stronger Isekai vibes from this one. Zach? I think I was getting more Isekai vibes too because, I mean, usually in Gundam they aren't building their own machines, so him running around trying to figure out how to build a new machine doesn't really fit with the Gundam vibe, so I think I'm going to have to go with Isekai as well. That's very interesting, just because I think of clip episodes as being very Gundam, and I can't think of an isekai that's had one, although I'm sure they exist. That is true. I just, I wasn't thinking of the, like, episode content, I guess, or what made up the episode. I was thinking of what the episode was trying to say. Well, we'll talk about it again next week. Bye! Bye!